from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. Operation Varsity Blues culminated early this morning when approximately 300 special agents from the FBI and the IRS criminal investigations set out to arrest 46 individuals across the country for their roles in an international college admissions bribery and money laundering scam. When news broke that famous actors like Lori Laughlin, Felicity Huffman, William H. Macy, and several other wealthy individuals had been charged with conspiracy to illicitly gain admission for their children to attend prestigious universities, what was your reaction? Late night TV at a field day. The FBI announced that they were charging dozens of wealthy parents with using bribery and other forms of fraud to facilitate their children's admission to elite schools, including Stanford, UCLA, Wake Forest, Yale, Georgetown, University of Texas, University of San Diego, and USC. The FBI was tipped off by the essay question on this year's common application. Reflect on an accomplishment that sparked personal growth and or list your parents' credit card number. <laughs> what prompted your choice? What is the three-digit security code? Make no mistake, the parents in these cases were very aware of what they were doing. The FBI released one email written by Huffman when she found out that her daughter's school would provide their own SAT proctor, making it harder to cheat. She wrote, and this is a real email, Rutrow, looks like my daughter's high school wants to provide own proctor. She literally sat down at a computer and typed the words Rutrow. Making this, making this the rare case where Scooby-Doo was the criminal. But Laurie Loughlin, you mean Aunt Becky. That's Aunt Becky, right? I mean... <laughs> looks like Aunt Becky could be going from full house to the big house. <laughs> For the record... <laughs> I just want to say, nobody helped me. I skipped college all on my own. The common word used in coverage of this story is rigged. And it's true. It's a very discouraging thing to think that no matter how hard one student might have worked, they were denied a spot because someone else bribed their way in. But there's a lot more to this story than wealthy people bribing and conspiring to get an outcome. This is a culture that has been perpetuated by universities all around the country for a very long time. It is a situation where morality, ethics, and being legal in everything that one does matter. That's Armstrong Williams. He's a media mogul, the CEO of Howard Stirk Holdings, and the host of the nationally syndicated Armstrong Williams Show. His recent column in the Daily Signal grabbed my attention because he acknowledges that the admission process is rigged, but it's been rigged for a long time and in many other ways than just wealthy parents buying their kids' entry. How the system is rigged is through preferences. You get a preference if you're black and you're athlete and you don't haven't necessarily gotten good grades through high school. They have, they have something set aside for you to make sure. I've read stories and interviewed athletes who've gone to colleges that never gone to class. In fact, they got so bored going to class because they knew they were going to be drafted. They had somebody sit in and take the class for them. 
That's just the way the system works. You have privileges for people who could put $20 million up and put their name on a building. You have these special privileges uh, for foreigners. You have it for legacy. You have it for alumni. You, this is just what happens. The system is rigged. It's not colorblind. It's wrong across the board. What the parents have done, it is wrong. What the people within the university have done is wrong. What the countries have done is absolutely wrong. But this is what this is the backlash when you create a system that's unjust, unfair, polluted, and rigged. So if the system is rigged, how do we unrig it? Armstrong believes that no information should be included about race or gender, and no contact should be allowed between rich, well-connected donors and the college admissions office. But he admits this is probably unrealistic. There will never be a system. They, they just will not allow themselves where it's totally blind. That's a part of why this system is rigged. It's no different than why you had this backlash against affirmative action, why many minorities were against. Why were they against it? Because when they were sitting in the st- in the classroom, they would say to their parents, why should I wear this stigma that I'm sitting in this class because I'm a woman or because I'm a bl- I'm black or because I'm a, I'm a minority? Why they can't look at me and say, I earned my grade, I earned my bona fides the same way as the top achiever in that classroom? So these are the unintended consequences that what's happened when we rig the system in someone else's favor. It never, it never works out, and it's always at someone else's expense. In his column, Armstrong said what these parents did was clearly illegal. It's not justifiable. It is wrong. But for anyone who has ever loved their child, it is understandable. I'm not justifying their behavior, but I understand it. So I had to ask him if you could say one thing to the parents. Given this entire situation, what would it be? Was it worth the price? Um, If you knew that this would be the outcome. As much as you love your kid and you felt this is your only chance of getting your kid at this Ivy League school, was it worth the price? Because you never could see the destructiveness to your kid, the fact that some of these kids want to quit in the middle of school, and just how your whole reputation, everything you've ever worked for is up in tatters. The people that you thought your friends, they know they shun you in the community, they're embarrassed by you. And what lessons would you pass on? If you had to do it over again, how would you do it differently? It's easy to talk about a rigged system and how wrong it is that parents use money to cheat other qualified students out of a chance to attend prestigious universities. Parents want to do as much as they can to see that their child will be successful, but most aren't willing to break the law. So what does this say about the culture of our education system in the U.S.? Mary Claire Anselm is an education policy analyst here at the Heritage Foundation. She explains how this issue is just a symptom of a larger education problem. Mary Claire, when you sat down at your computer and you got the news flash on this, what was your first reaction when you read the news? My first reaction was, this is so Lynette Scavo, right? Felicity Huffman. (laughs) From Desert Housewives, there's an episode where she pays her her kids way into preschool. And so it's just it's hilarious to me in a sad way that this sort of came full circle, that this is so uh, it would have made an incredible episode of Desperate Housewives. So if you want my first reaction, that was certainly she plays a doctor on TV and she plays 
a desperate parent in mm-hmm. real life. <laughs> I know. It's it's incredible. But uh, no, I mean, it's, it's certainly sad that these parents were willing to go to these lengths in order to get their kids into these elite schools. Uh, it, it's it's surprising how many were involved. I mean, something like 50 people were, were involved in this case. And I guess it was just this understood thing that if you live in Southern California, you go to this guy who's your quote unquote fixer and he'll get your kids into college. So uh, it, it certainly is an elaborate scandal that we're seeing unfold. And and we know that parents will do anything for their kids. Mm-hmm. When When I disagreed with my parents about something they did for my brother or my sister, you won't understand until you're a parent, Tim, that kind of mentality. We will mm-hmm. do anything for our kids. And you almost, in this case, you almost pause for a little bit and have a little sympathy on the parent. Oh, okay, they'll do anything. They're just trying to help their kids out. But but why don't you talk a little bit about how to respond to something like that when, when that does come up? Right. It's tricky because it's not like these parents were guilty of a violent crime. You know, they were trying to do something somewhat non-selfishly in order to help their kids and help their kids succeed. But we as Americans should be having a national conversation right now about, well, why were parents willing to be this desperate to get their children into these elite colleges and universities? And it's because that's what our society is telling them they have to do because we have such limited options nowadays. Right now, parents are telling their kids, work hard in high school, get good grades, get into college. That's pretty much the only way you're going to have pathways to the American dream. And our society, uh, our our workforce is just far too diverse in order for that to be the only option for Americans. Uh, We should have vocational schools. We should have online learning options that are high quality Uh, We should have apprenticeship programs. We should have multiple pathways. But unfortunately, the fact that we're cramming all these students into this one institution uh, that has become very competitive uh, is extremely problematic. And, And we've argued here at the Heritage Foundation for a long time that the amount of federal investment that we're putting into these schools sort of solidifies the status quo. And so I think if we start to tighten the purse strings a little bit on our federal investment, we'll start to see uh, competitive alternatives pop up uh, to college. And in your piece, and which we'll link to that in the show notes as well, you talk about degree inflation. Right. And that has to contribute uh, certainly to degree inflation. Absolutely. And again, we're, we're pushing everyone through college. And if everyone has a degree, then no one has a degree, right? And so that's how we're seeing more and more people need to go to graduate school or get their PhDs. That's not the way it should be. Uh, and it's also important to note that a lot of the Uh, policies proposed by the left, like free college, uh, that's only going to lead to further degree inflation. That's pushing us in the wrong direction. That's making it even that much more easier for everyone to go to college. And then we're just going to see people spend years and years of their lives in school. uh, And that doesn't that doesn't benefit anyone. It's easy to sit at a conservative institution and criticize universities for being biased, for um, providing safe spaces for speech and, and that kind of a thing, which which are not conservative ideas. And you talk uh, in your piece about, and I like how you put this, reinstate academic integrity. Tell me more about what that looks like. I mean, we've gone so far the other direction now. So tell me what it looks like with this in mind to reinstate academic integrity. Yeah, I think parents are becoming increasingly critical of higher education today in America. And this scandal sort of puts the cherry on top of the the growing frustration that we're seeing with our universities. Parents are saving you know, every last dollar they have to send their kid to school only to get there. And there's protests every other day and they're learning courses that 
you know, quite frankly, don't have a lot of uh, marketable skills that uh, attach to that to that course. And people are growing frustrated with that because we're seeing, uh, you know, 40 percent of students who are recent graduates are working in jobs that don't require their degrees. And that's and that's frustrating for parents. And again, we we're almost encouraging this type of behavior on the part of colleges because we have a blank check from Washington going into these schools. I think if if colleges knew that students were willing to walk away or were willing to say, you know what, that price isn't working for me. Uh, we would see schools sort of change their tune and start competing for students rather than the way we have it right now, which is the other way around. Students are competing to get into colleges. What would you say to a uh, child, maybe 15 or 16 years old, that wanted to hear your take on this? You could only have one response to them. What would that be? And you had to leave right after you gave this response. What would you say to a 15 or 16 year old in light of this? I only have one response. I can't give them like a 30 minute, nope, you know, presentation. No. Put aside your policy analyst hat <laughs> and and yes, one response. Oh, being concise is so difficult. Well, my one response is uh, figure out what you want to do. And, and I think that we're kind of skittish about telling young people, you know, figure out what you want to do. But I don't think uh, maybe that's controversial, but I don't think we should skid away from that. I think encouraging people to figure out what they want to do earlier in life is only a good thing. Uh, and then. Figure out exactly what they need to do in order to achieve those goals. Because I think too often we're telling kids, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, which is absolutely fantastic. But we're, we're pushing them into college where they don't, you know, figure out what they want to do with their lives until the second semester of their senior year. At which point, you know, college is a great place and time to figure that out. But you're spending a lot of time and spending a lot of money. That's not really getting you on, on track to where you want to go. And so if you figure out what you want to do and maybe what you want to do does not require a college degree. Um, then don't then don't buy into this idea that that you need to to do that in order to achieve your goals. Mary Claire, thank you so much for uh, coming in. Thanks for having me. And that's it for Heritage Explains. Go ahead and check the show notes for links to the articles that were mentioned in this week's episode. And feel free to give us a share on Facebook or give us a retweet on Twitter. And we'll see you next week with Michelle. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? Then subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court. It's because of support from listeners like you that we can continue to produce podcasts like Heritage Explains and SCOTUS 101. And you can help us keep it going by visiting www.heritage.org slash podcast today to make your tax-deductible gift.